What really got you interested in the health strategy consult? Why, why were you wanting to go further? When I use more of a holistic approach or an Eastern medicine with some Western, it's always been better for me. I just took it as a sign that you met this person and it just happened at the right time and and just took that opportunity. And I feel like you, you helped me get there, but that you sort of said, here's where this could go. And I just needed me to accept that, that I, you know, that I wanted to take my own step in this. You really went into more of the things that I'm interested in, which is kind of the whole system. Clients have told me that developing a health strategy for them has restored hope where the system has failed them. And that's really what gives me joy. Let's get this out there. Leave a rating and a review on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google. Just go to my website at thirdopinionmd.org forward slash podcast to sign up for the newsletter. You can do that on the website at thirdopinionmd.org forward slash newsletter. I'm your host, Barbara Delatore. I'm a physician and artist bringing a blended perspective to you about healthcare and exploring simpler ways to restore and maintain your health. I have a, an amazing guest today, and her name is Ramey Wells, and we met actually in clinic originally. And then Ramey was telling me a little bit about her story of, of who she is and health situation, and, and then I let her know about a class and she took my class and now she is a client of mine, a private client. So Rainy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's an honor to even to be asked. I'm just thrilled to be here. Well, I'll tell you why I, I couldn't wait to have you on this podcast. And one is you're amazing. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Ditto. And, thank you. Yeah. And, and I'm just teaching you that class was such a joy. Meeting you for the first time was really just a wonderful interaction that we talked about so many things that I wanted to bring you on the show to talk about not only your perspective as a patient and what you're dealing with health-wise that you're comfortable with sharing, but also what you do for work. In the healthcare field, I thought really adds a, a richness to sort of your perspective, a perspective on how you are going to be working with me as a client mm -hmm. and what that means to have a health strategy consult. What do you do for a living? I work for an eye doctor, a local eye doctor, a very small office, and we would call me her technician. Sometimes I'm her assistant. I literally work right next to her. All the intake. So a new patient comes in and I do all the testing, set the tone of the appointment of making them feel comfortable. A lot of people have anxiety when they come in for eye care. It's expensive. It can get expensive. Not being able to see can cause anxiety. Having some emerging issue happening can cause anxiety. So just kind of letting them talk for a few minutes about what's going on. Um, that's been really important, letting the patient, listening to the patient, trying to put my stuff aside and just listening to the person that I'm with. What really got you interested in the health strategy consult? Why, why were you wanting to go further well, I think after I met you at my doctor's appointment, you were my doctor and a GYN. And so I had not had a doctor in a very long time talk to me about things happening just outside of where we were in the room, what happens in those doctor's appointments. It's usually just about, you know, how are you feeling? Good, great. We do this. 
we move on, you're in menopause or you're starting menopause. And that's kind of where it, it ends just because that's all the time the doctor has all the time we have. You really went into more of the things that I'm interested in, which is the kind of the whole system of, and asking me questions about and kind of hitting everything on the head, even, I think you even got my favorite colors. You were like, this is, you know, when were you even born, you know, when were you born and kind of getting, uh, we got pretty far. I felt like in a really short amount of time with just some very focused questions, which to me meant this is someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, this is someone who has some experience and knows kind of how to get to sort of the, the issue at hand, which is my, what I've always kind of known. There's just an imbalance when I've used more of a holistic approach or an Eastern medicine with some Western, it's always been better for me. So I just took it as a sign that you met this person and it just happened at the right time and, and just took that opportunity. And I feel like you, you helped me get there, but that you sort of said, here's where this could go. And I just needed me to accept that, that I, you know, that I wanted to take my own step in this. I was just thinking too, like, you know, when I met you and you mentioned that, you know, it's not what I expected a doctor visit, what's been your experience, like in a wellness visit situation? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, some of the better OB I've had at the the clinic that you work, that doctor there has been great. You know, it isn't always just about if I've had an issue, really trying to listen to me and address it, but mostly it's just been, yep, that's perimenopause. Yep. You're you know, this is your 40s. So you're going to be tired. Yeah. You're going to have cramps. And have you always had cramps? Yeah. I've always had, okay, well, this is nothing new. Right. So we'll just hope that it stops soon. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And talk about what am I, what am I paying for here? Yeah. I'm yeah. Really, never concerned about diseases since I've been in a monogamous relationship for this long time. So where I used to go to these appointments at Planned Parenthood actually had a really good experience as a young female in America going to Planned Parenthood for most of my medical needs as a young person. Um, I always forget that that's a good fallback to. <laughs> yeah, they, it's funny how people really don't know what Planned Parenthood is capable yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, it's It's a shame that it gets isolated to just one topic when Planned Parenthood was really intended for all the women's health that is really lacking mm -hmm. typical visits. You know, when we were meeting, it was a well woman exam. And my intention when I meet with each patient, you know, at least not in the consulting I do in this case, but in when I meet with patients, I just really want to know who they are. Mm -hmm. That was unique. Also, you took notes. I don't necessarily, and actually as a healthcare person in healthcare, it sort of reminded me that I just listen to what they're saying and annotate it. You know, that's part of my job and purpose is to listen, but I appreciated that you had notes even before you came in. I don't know if I've ever had a doctor. Oh, you I, mean I my, do when I go to the my, hair salon, they take notes, but I've never had a doctor. It's like, oh, I, notes. I looked back at your, you know, I looked at what you've been coming here for kind of thing. And it may have taken you 30 seconds to do or a minute, but honestly, that was big because that doesn't happen. Doctors don't have time for that. I understand why it doesn't happen. 
with all the things you have, you hardly have admin time to do anything like that. So I, I, I don't know if you recall, but I, I write it on an index card. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so I'm an analog and digital kind of gal. If you've been seen before in that clinic, you know, I want it to be an, a very seamless transition because you've been seeing someone else and to see someone totally new for something that can be very vulnerable right, when you're right. coming in for a gyne exam that you know that you're cared for and that I care about knowing about you. So I actually do that the day before and I'll look That's through. That's amazing. It really is. Just yeah. even if there's nothing on the card, just to know. like I said, I go, when I go to my hair appointments, they have notes, but never at the doctor. So I really, thought that stood out. And also just the interest in the person, not necessarily just the cervix, you know, or just the anatomy part of yeah. It's really easy for doctors to be very objective and ob- objectivity and subjectivity are these really interesting terms in medicine because we we strive to be objective and we even have on our notes what's called subjective objective assessment and plan. So oh. note, the subjective is what you say, the objective is what I see or observe, the assessment yeah. is what I think is going on and the plan is what you're going to do and what I'm going to do moving mm-hmm. forward. That all comes from two centuries ago where medicine, modern medicine was about objectifying the situation because that was considered scientific. The problem is it took away you, Mm -hmm. patient. Mm -hmm. The subjective experience of the patient is so critical to understanding what's going on in their health that if you go too far extreme to being objective, And you see the doctors really want to do a good job. That's how they're trained. They're trained to be objective. You don't want someone to be biased. That's not the same thing. But it's about involving you, the patient, as an autonomous, self-reliant, empowered being to take charge of your health. It is not taught to us to let you do that. So that's what I'm trying to bring back with this health strategy consult program. And what I do with clients, even if we take a deeper dive, but everyone who works with me has to go through that first. It's mm-hmm. sort of call it like a, almost like a boot camp to becoming in charge again, mm-hmm. to be your CEO of your healthcare. It's not in the culture. Unfortunately, what you're left with is to your own devices of having to find an acupuncturist or a chiropractor or someone else who's not in the system, no one's communicating with each other. And still you're in this passive role. And that really bothered me. That's one of the reasons why I I really was trying to create a program like this so that people have a chance to understand and get a bird's eye view of what's going on and be a part of the discussion. Yeah. It's so important. Just even just seeing other patients come in and they have these things with our eyes, with the eyes, when we see them, that there are all of these other things. That's the reason why they're having this eye issue. There's one, it's a stroke. I think it's called Shrogan's syndrome. And it has to do with rheumatoid arthritis, but it'll manifest in a lot of people with eye issues. They have, you know, this doctor for this and this doctor for that, but none of the doctors can really talk to each other and see that like this patient went to the eye doctor for these symptoms. And they're going to go, well, I'm just treating the arthritis part. So the eye part is separate. Really, it's all <laughs> it's all together. It is. And when you have a chronic disease or, or an autoimmune disorder, which is Sjogren's syndrome, in this medical system that we have now, it's very, I'd say, divide and conquer in terms of how they treat your body parts and you. Yes. And even the holistic, I'm a board certified acupuncturist. I'm 
trained in Qigong, master trained in Qigong, and a Western physician, board certified. But I notice even on the Eastern side, people are siloing and saying Western medicine's bad. Not everyone, but there's there are yeah. some people that are saying it's either or. You can have all the best tools. The key is to understanding yourself. The healthcare team has to be led by you, mm -hmm. but it takes training. And mm -hmm. depending on the generation, the older generations, like the baby boomers, they're accustomed to trusting the doctor. Yeah. And then you have the Gen Xers who kind of want a hybrid of both. Mm -hmm. You know, started to notice they don't do some stuff on their own. They're yeah. and they'll do the work. And then everything from millennial and younger, they're very distrustful. Very. Yeah. And if they even go to a doctor, if they even go, yeah. And I'll tell you, I don't blame them. In fact, I don't either. Yeah. The younger they are, I noticed working in urgent care that I would see them a lot there. Mm -hmm. They would come in and they would dictate what they want. Unfortunately, that also is not great. Right. Because if you don't understand what you need, yeah, careful what you want. Right. <laughs> so that's a good, that's a good point. Excellent. The other thing is that they see the system for what it is, especially Gen Z. They mm. are really seeing systems falling apart. My prediction, it's not that I want this to happen. It's just, it's what I've been observing happening all along is that our system of healthcare is actually, it's not just crumbling. It's completely falling down. Oh, yeah. Completely. I I would yeah. not sustainable. Primary no. care is almost dead in the water. Yeah. yeah. And, and the idea of primary care is going to have to change. Specialty care is going to have to change. The entire healthcare system needs to change. It needs yeah. a dose of Chinese medicine in there yeah. Yeah. because it's like every other system is like a human beings are systems and a healthcare system. We need something different and not replacing. Right. Mistake is replacing because that's like saying, I want to replace this human being. So right. we, you know, I try to treat the system as a very sick, almost like a sick it patient. It is. It is very sick. That's an interesting way to look at it. I watch my sister navigate her healthcare journey right now, trying to get a referral. Like you say, the primary care doctor, she's like, I don't know what he's even here for because he won't give me a referral. I can't go see specialists I need to see. If I ask for a referral, he says no. If I say, if she can't even get a referral to see an eye doctor from him. And his reasoning was, well, you know, I have to give a referral because what if he just went and said you had a headache and you went to the eye doctor for that? So the, the idea that a patient wouldn't know what doctor they needed, just it's that's very patronizing. Broken. That's patronizing. Yeah. And, and, yeah, it's, yeah. It, and it needs to stop. Yeah. And, but the only people that can stop it are you. Right. You're the only one who can stop it. But there are ways to stop it. One of the things I think you and I had talked about yin and yang in the class that you took on eye health, if things are excessively yang, and I would call our aggressive healthcare system very yang. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very, yeah. Our yin is more submissive mild, gentle, if you're going to kind of attach a yin and yang category in terms of aggressive, active, overactive, how do you rebalance a system that is excessively yang? You would take a yin approach. If I tell you, for example, let's say your sister, mm -hmm. if she were to approach and say, what do you think about this? Yeah. Not, I want this. 
What are your thoughts on this? I've been having this kind of symptom. What are your thoughts on that? They're more likely to refer. To refer her out. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, Just yeah. Changing this is, we're doing, yeah, we're, we're talking, you can call it ninja tactics or yin yeah. approach. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> you decide. It is part of what I do with clients. I empower clients and teach them how to communicate and navigate through the system. Okay. Yeah. It's because I have that inside view of what it's like to be a physician in the system. And also I've had family members who've dealt with the system. I've had family members in the system as well. Mm-hmm. And seeing that back and forth and getting the bird's eye view. And it, in order to navigate through a system, you have to understand its structure and you have to understand the behavior. I'm teaching everybody. I'm teaching you to be a systems thinker and then whoever wants to work with me, that's what I do. And I think that's much more valuable than giving you something. Yeah. Yeah. A pill. Or Medicine or. Right. People do ask me, they say, you know, do you talk to my doctors? Can you tell them? Can you communicate with them? And the answer is no. Actually, I can do better than that. I can teach you to communicate with them. Yeah. Because if you're in charge, they'll listen to you. Yeah. But if I'm the one talking to them, it's going to be the same old, same old. Exactly. I was going to say, even that, even if there was a, a my chart where everybody talks, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They're still in their little compartments separate. So, or even just the time that it would take to do that. You would need probably a quarter of the patients that you see in order to maybe do all of. So I really like that. You are the advocate. I'm, I'm yeah. the advocate for you. There are people that are called health coaches or oh yeah. yeah with maybe like sort of how to live your lifestyle. I do much more than that. That's why I don't call myself a health coach. That's very good for people, but I take it a step further. I'm a strategist and yes. that's what it is. You know, you're almost like in a battlefield, but you don't fight. Remember yin way is not fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the art of not fighting mm-hmm. is even stronger, you know, and then you can get through all this stuff. And next thing you know, people will wonder like, how'd you do that? Yeah. Ninja. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like how I got pregnant. I mean, I really feel like the Western went, oh, well, this is all we could do. You do this or that. And so then it was me being that self-advocate, but I did have a doctor that was much more like you, where I could get some help with, here's an acupuncturist. That's great. Here's a women's health center that a lot of people go to. And here is a birth plan that I wrote. She's not telling me to be less invasive with my birth, but she's just giving me the option of here's what I think you want uh, and what people may need. And yeah. I'm wondering if you could go a little bit more into what conditions, if you feel comfortable with that, yeah. Tell me yeah. a little more about your eye condition and when it started and what your understanding of retinal detachment is? When I was about 29, so it was about 2006, I've always had, what they say, high myopia. So far away, I can't see very well from a very young age. What I've learned now is sometimes that can make the eye shape change and there's fluid in your eye that's pulling on your retina and that can pull the retina, detach it. And I ended up starting to go blind. They call it like the black curtain started to fall. I was at work and that was happening. And it was a very traumatic experience because I, you go in, you see several doctors and within hours you're being told surgeries tomorrow. You cannot go back to work for two months. You're risking blindness. It's an emergency. It was a very long surgery. It was about five hours, I think. And they uh, have a plastic buckle in my eye. So something holding my eye together, a scleral buckle in there. And then I lost all my peripheral vision. They recovered a lot of my vision, but that peripheral is gone. 
coming out of that and then also being face down for eight weeks because of where they, they put a gas bubble in like a cast that uh, helps hold your retina in place. I was face down for eight, seven weeks. When um, in the year did that happen? That was 2006. What time of year or what? what? Oh, what time of year? That is a really good question. I want to say it had to have been like an April, around April, spring. So it was. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. And why I'm asking you that question because a Western doctor would not really think much about the time of year, but spring is the time of wood or the liver. Oh, isn't that? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> isn't that interesting? <laughs> yes, it's interesting and it is lost to Western medicine where I'm saying they saved your eye. They saved your eyesight. That's the strength. Had you known earlier with the myopia, because what I'll disclose too is that I have the same, if not a little more myopic or more mm-hmm. nearsighted than you are. Mm-hmm. I also got glasses when I was very young, I think six or seven years old, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, but right. I don't have a history of retinal detachment. What's the difference? Right. I've asked my surgeon, I asked my most recent surgeon, and he just shrugged his shoulders. I don't know. <laughs> that I was the, I don't know. He doesn't know. And that was <laughs> yeah, the truth. That's the truth. He was <laughs> being truthful by shrugging his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if, you know, if you don't know, what Ramey and I are talking about is the fact that Western medicine looks at your health with what's called a biomedical frame of reference. Biomedicine is the traditional medicine we go for. So we learn about all these organ systems. We send people for all their different body parts to all these different people. But what we forget is that all these body parts depend on each other. They interact with each other and they achieve a purpose of living a healthy life or not a healthy life. And if they had known that the seasons affect us, if only you know that the seasons affect you and the fact that the eyes, what are we talking about the liver and the eyes for? That has to do with Chinese medicine, sort of groupings of different body, emotional functions and purposes that are linked together in patterns. We name channels in Chinese medicine for sort of the flow of qi and the whole goal of health is for qi or your life force energy as we loosely translate it. It's not a great translation. If it's all flowing, all the channels one into the other, and there's several of them, there are several channels, then you're healthy. And if there's a blockage, then there are different kinds of imbalances that can happen, whether it's more yin, more yang, more excess, more deficient, more hot, more cold, more external, more internal. These are what are called the eight principles. There are eight ways that you can be out of balance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And and the liver is connected with the eye sight and the eye, though the eye is also connected to other organs in the body. And it's such a weird trip for people to figure that, like, I cannot wrap my head around that. They'll tell me, what do you mean the liver and the eye? Through observation over thousands of years, they found that your different senses are connected to different organ systems and channels. And also the seasons are attached to that. So the liver is attached to the season of spring, to the eyesight, to the emotion of anger, agitation, but also when you're in a balanced state, to kindness, to planning, to strategy. Unfortunately, the surgeon doesn't have that. Though if he did, wow, what a healthcare system we can have. Yeah. The better surgeon 
would have never done surgery on you. The better surgeon would have met you 10 years before your retinal detachment and would have told you, you better be changing some things in your diet, in your lifestyle because of your family history and this tendency for you to have a risk of a detachment. This is what can decrease your risk. Yeah. And the research on detachments too, even is startling in that it's a lot of women. It's a certain age. It's like a certain time in their life. You could even look at the patterns of that too, that, you know, we all have our liver probably in that age group. Liver health. This is another podcast episode, a whole topic we could talk about. And we will. The liver plays a huge role in women's reproductive health. Huge. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the reasons why more women have issues with retinal detachment. That is an influence. Just because someone has retinal detachment doesn't mean that it's the same reason for every person. But you can trace it back to how their liver health is overall. And I don't mean labs, like you go get your labs done. In ancient China, there's the saying that the superior doctor treats people who are not yet sick. Yeah, I saw that in your the, that video yesterday. It reminded me of, had to have been years ago, maybe it was a student telling me that in China, if you are sick, it means they failed at what they were doing. So the idea is you were well, and if you come to them sick, then that means that's not on them, but in, in a sense of like, okay, well, we were on this track of prevention, and now what happened? What's not working? And you could take it a, a step further, right? Because the superior doctor is not just the doctor you see. The superior doctor is you as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's on many levels. The more aware you are of how Chinese medicine, when you know the fundamentals of it, you can care for yourself in the way of a superior doctor would. Mm-hmm. So the idea is not to be passive. The goal ultimately is for you to be the superior doctor. And my goal as a superior doctor is to teach you how to be one. Mm-hmm. At least that's my mission. It's not too late. You've had two detachments, mm-hmm. but you still have another eye. <laughs> I still have another eye. I know. I need to keep it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Part of the reason why you and I are working together to start off with the health strategy consult program is to really get a sense of where your health was, where you are now, and where you can go for the best prevention and tapping into the systems that you have available, whether it's Western or Eastern. We'll go ahead and stop right now, but I really appreciate this because I think this kinds of conversations, one, it'll enhance this program for you, my hopes, a gift. Yeah, totally. And also a real gift for other people to hear this. Yeah, I hope so. I hope, yeah. More people talking about it is better, I feel like. And I don't have any, you know, if you're ever worried about, you can talk to me about whatever. I don't have any really, this is not what I want to talk about or, you know, anything like that. There really isn't. Yeah. Just for the record, anything that you say that you don't want talked about, you tell me and I'll tell you. Okay. (laughs) Because who knows what'll come out. Listen, permission, informed consent is about every moment that we spend together. Yeah. So okay. it's not like at the beginning you sign the form and then poof, you know, your except, rights are gone. Okay. Um, except for like media rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Remy, I'm so excited to start working with you. I know we just started working together, but we're going to meet again along the way and let's see what unfolds. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> For the last year, I've been working with clients to really get them to a place of power, 
to a place of knowledge and you can get there. It can look daunting, but it's about teaching you how to become a systems thinker. If you're at that crossroads where you're not sure where to turn, what direction to take, how much effort to put into something, let's talk. You can reach me through the contact page on thirdopinionmd.org where you can schedule a complimentary consult and we can talk about your situation and see if this is the right time for you to start working on your own health strategy. Third Opinion MD podcast is produced by me, Barbara Dillatore. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle. Any comments made by the host or guest on Third Opinion MD reflect opinions about healthcare and self-care. Please consult with your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Thank you for listening.